So Rob, in uh, June 2020, around a year ago, we released the Great Teaching Toolkit Evidence Review, which was a, a comprehensive uh, review and summary of the best available evidence around the kinds of teaching practices, skills, knowledge and behaviours that are most important for student learning. This was presented as a, as a model for great teaching, broken down into four dimensions and including 17 individual elements of the model across those four dimensions. And it seems to have been well received, I think I would say. Mm -hmm. um, but the review was just the first step in this big, great teaching toolkit project to help personalize professional development for teachers, to develop systems and instruments to provide feedback on teacher learning and to create networks for peer support. So um, it will be great to hear where things are at now, what you've been up to and has that original plan changed much? Yeah, OK, well, um, I think the, the core of what we thought we were doing, publishing that review a year ago and the plan that we had is broadly the same. I think it's it's changed a little bit and I can talk about some specific ways it's changed. But I would say the the overall conception is still what it was then. The idea that we want to take the best evidence about classroom practices, classroom behaviours, teacher knowledge and skills and so on and um, produce a start out with a good summary of what that is so that people are clear and then think about different kinds of tools that we can create that help teachers to improve those things. So the idea that we break it down into these components, if you like, that you learn the, the, the complex whole by working on the individual component bits. And um, so it's helping people to do that. And that's that's still there. And what we thought we were going to do at that point, I think when we published it, was to start work on creating some instruments so that we can um, help teachers. P part of the value of instruments is to just clarify what the thing is. You know, we, we started out with the idea that we, we would give this uh, clear and authoritative, so we hoped, description of, of the different elements of great teaching. <clears throat> and I think that's what we did and as you say people have found that really helpful and that's that's marvelous yeah. lots of people have said they they found it really helpful or they've based their uh strategy for cpd around that framework that, that's great to hear um but i've always said that just describing something like that doesn't really define it well enough and part of the problem we have in teaching and education in general is these sort of cross-purposes discussion where we think we're talking about the same thing yeah. uh, or where what we're doing, we, we kind of copy the, the superficial elements of a, a thing, the surface features, and we don't really understand the full heart of it. So um, part of trying to get beyond that is creating these measures because they give you a very sharp and, um, um, you know, in some ways even quite brutal perhaps, but a, a very clear um way of finding out whether you are in fact doing this thing or not yeah um so that, that the value i think is as much in that as it is in genuinely trying to measure these things and, and give people a score i mean i think there's some value in doing that but um i think uh, this is probably the main thing it's about clarifying what the thing is and making it very sharp for everybody so they we're all talking the same language if we talk about um you know scaffolding or something like that 
yeah. well everybody's got a slightly different definition of what that means and am i doing it well you know who's to say uh, so that we've, we've started on that and uh, thought about the different kinds of methods we want to use, um, decided to start with student surveys for a, a range of reasons, develop some surveys and then pretty much uh, and then thought, yeah, well, you know, we'll get we'll try these out and get some students to do them or you know, some teachers to get their students to do them. And then, of course, um, things got pretty crazy in schools with uh not lock, complete lockdown to begin with but certainly a lot of uh, bubbles bursting and, and a lot of stress and extra work and uh difficult times and then of course lockdown in the uk um <clears throat> so uh the opportunity to get you know to approach teachers and say yeah i know you've got all this covid going on but you know would you like your students to do our survey for us uh, that didn't go so well. So that definitely slowed us down um, on the scale of, you know, a world pandemic. I guess this is a small problem, but, it, you know, it has been a, a nuisance for us. Uh, but fortunately, we've been working with some schools in New Zealand, which is great because they were relatively unaffected and they were really keen to do this. And so that, that enabled us to continue which has been great and now increasingly some schools in England and across the UK actually. So that's good. Um, so what does that mean then? They've been um, part of a pilot to, to yeah. do what? Um, um, well, so they we've got a version of the, the student surveys, a questionnaire and a, and a platform, a prototype platform so they can set up an account and, and allocate a survey to their students and the students click on it online and, and do the survey and then uh, they get the well we get the results we have to process it as a manual process at the moment and so they get some feedback which is about what did your students say uh, what what are their perceptions of your okay. classroom practice and, and environment and so on which again you know we were obviously really interested to know what what do they think of that feedback and and they've been pretty positive about that yeah um and again just to be really clear this is confidential information for that teacher it doesn't it's not shared with anyone else yeah um, if they want to share it that's great and and certainly there are there are ways in which we would encourage them to work collaboratively with this yeah um but they get that feedback and uh, we get the data obviously and that's what we need we need to see whether these items are working well yeah. And so we started out with quite a long survey and that, you know, that was some of the feedback. This does take quite a while to do. Um, we said, yeah, we know it's longer than we want it to be because we don't know which are going to be the good questions. Yeah. And we can only find that out when some students do them and we find some of them aren't working. And we're really just getting to that point now where we can say these ones seem to be working well. These ones, not so much. The best ones look like and we yeah. could put um, a much smaller uh, version, much quicker version of the survey together. So uh, these questions are um, asking pupils uh, about, or they're aligned to different dimensions and elements within right. the model for yeah. great teaching. Yeah. And they're carefully constructed questions rather than ratings, I suppose, you know, yeah. that ask about, I don't know, different things like um, the sort of the environment within the classroom or 
a teacher being able to explain different concepts in multiple yep. ways, that kind yep. of thing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So okay. if, if you're familiar with the, the great teaching uh, toolkit evidence review, you'll know that there are the four dimensions and the 17 elements and the surveys are absolutely focused around those elements. Yeah. So one of the things that some teachers said is we, we just want to do one element or one dimension. We don't want to do the whole survey. And <clears throat> we sort of thought, well, um, you know, be better for us if you did the whole survey. But obviously, if that's what you want, you, you can have it. And so uh, and certainly once you've done it, our, our um, conversations we've been having with the teachers is very much we suggest you work on one element and think about how you can improve that single thing, maybe uh, find a group of others who are working on that same element or mm -hmm. get support within the institution. And um, <clears throat> and then we come back after a period of time and do the survey again and see if your student's perception has changed. But yes, yeah. the questions are very much about those kinds of practices, the, the evidence-based effective pedagogy practices, if you like, that we identified. Yeah. trying to identify trying to reveal those from the student's perception yes okay um, you know students are they're in the classroom every day they every lesson they see what's going on they have a view about um different aspects of it some of that is not helpful you know they that's their personal prejudice or yeah their sort of wrong view about how they think teaching should be yeah um but a lot of it actually is very insightful right and so the challenge in creating the survey is to get to the insightful stuff yes. that is relevant to the effectiveness of the teacher. And that's an interesting point. I think, you know, yes, they have their, their prejudice, but, so, you know, so does everybody else. You know, yeah. you know what, um, how, how great is, is a particular teacher, you know, who, who can decide that and whoever it is, they have their own prejudice as well. You know, someone comes and observes a lesson or whatever it might be. Yeah. You know, this exists everywhere, not just yeah. with pupils. Yeah. So how, how reliable do you think the kind of information um, can be that we get from pupils? Yeah, well, uh, that's yet to be discovered, I think. Um, so the kinds of things we're looking for is whether there's a um, consistency, commonality between students who are in the same class. So if students who are in the same class are telling us the same story about what they think the teacher's doing, then we're much more likely to think, yeah, this is capturing something about that teacher's behaviour. Mm. If students who are in the same class are telling us very different things, then we might think, well, this is telling us more about the student and, and their own sort of um, personality or their views or uh, other what we call response sets. In other words, things that determine their response that aren't the actual thing that you're trying to trying yeah. to measure um, and also that the extent to which that if we've got different questions that are trying to measure the same thing we want to see that they're they're related so if the students say they agree with one then we'd hope that they also agree with another if we think they should be part of the same same skill if you like or the same behavior mm. um, how good will it be in the end uh, jury's still out on that I think but I have I've got to say I've been quite pleased with the uh, sort of basic things like reliability you know okay. people are with that so I'm, I'm pretty sure we'll be able to get reliabilities well above 0.9 for the individual measures just on a on a quick screening survey so this is not a um, that's 0.9 for each element individually um, for the for, for a kind of global measure if we were interested in that it'd be much much you know 0.99 even really? um, so that's yeah, that's quite extraordinary, actually, isn't it? When you think about some other measures that are out there. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, I'm quite surprised by that. Um, okay, oh well. <laughs> okay, so that's um, that's what's been going on then in this intervening period since um, since the release of the evidence review is, yeah. is through a pandemic, yes. trying to find um, uh, schools that we're very, very grateful to for, for trying this stuff out and basically helping us to develop, refine, improve these measures yeah. that will be part of a great teaching toolkit that we are planning um, to make available to schools um, sort of come autumn uh, 2021, yeah. um, if all goes according to plan. Um, and so what has that experience been like for you in terms of having had this plan 12 months ago and then going out and setting out to kind of make a thing? And has your kind of appreciation for the thing that you're trying to make changed? Is the, is the yeah. emphasis placed somewhere else now? Yeah, it's a really interesting question. I mean, I, I for me, the um, the sort of exciting bit of this in many ways, I mean, it, it is all, uh, genuinely, I am really excited about the whole thing. <laughs> um, and I, I think that the kind of conception of it is great. I'm happy with what that is. But I actually think the thing that determines whether you end up with something that's really good or not is not so much about the original idea or ideas that you have, it's about how you adapt it when you when it comes into contact with the real world and you find you know teachers saying oh this survey is much too long our students you know it's taken them half an hour to do it and we can't give you that much time mm. um now maybe we should have anticipated that kind of response and once you hear it it seems really obvious but there's so many things like that that you don't anticipate you get this uh, response from the from the users in different ways. The students tell you something, or the teachers tell you something, or whatever. And the um, the the real challenge and the kind of interesting bit and the bit that's crucial for de determining whether you succeed or not is how you adapt to that that feedback, how you respond, how you modify your original idea to stay true to the the conception and the theory and the principles behind it, but also just to make it um responsive to the requirements of the situation you're in so um so we're in that space where we're we you know we've got a clear idea we've put something out it's been well received but there are definitely improvements like that that we can do and we are doing mm -hmm. and you know there's a few things i think which i would say we've learned from that process so one thing that i would say has changed in my head is the extent to which we're now focusing much more on a, a whole school um, sort of package or a, um, uh, framing this in terms of what a school does with it. So yeah. I think I had thought when I originally when I was thinking about this, I had in mind the sort of lone wolf teacher who uh, maybe is sort of active on Twitter and reading all the stuff of you know um, cognitive load theory and retrieval practice, and that they're into all of that. Um, but they're in a school where there perhaps aren't many other colleagues who are quite as excited about some of these things. And this would be a thing for them. They can sort of evaluate their own practice. They can work away at it. They can become a better practitioner. I think what I now think is that they're quite unlikely to succeed in that environment if they're not supported within their school, if the school leadership hasn't bought in, isn't yeah. prioritising it, if they're not able to work with other colleagues um, and also that that's actually what most schools are doing, or certainly the schools that we're dealing with. Um, there is that support. There is that collegiality. There is that trust. There is that desire to be better. 
and so not to take advantage of that if you like the kind of whole school environment and the support and the collaboration seems silly and i don't know yeah. why i was thinking so much about individual teachers i'm now very much more thinking about groups of teachers with school yeah. leaders very much on board um, yes we need to worry about the the culture and the climate in the school make sure there's trust there make sure there's prioritization make yeah. sure there's enough knowledge and so on um, but but we can do all those things and some of that we can do really explicitly in terms of um, courses that we offer so that there are kind of orientation courses for the school leader when they start they don't have no idea what this thing is they, they've heard it's called great teaching toolkit they, they've somebody's told them it's fabulous but that's all they know um, and what would we normally do well we might say here's a load of stuff you can read but of course people don't always read stuff that's a bit off-putting so actually structuring that for them and saying here are the things you need to know Here's what the your colleagues will see. This is how they, you can present it to them. You know, really holding their hands through that process. That's a really helpful thing to do. Actually, it makes it yeah. much easier for them and makes them much more likely to get the benefits from it. Um, so we can make that really easy for them. And then if there are specific bits of knowledge they need to have in order to, you know, they need to learn about scaffolding, let's say. Well, again, we can present that through courses and you know we've got lots of experience of doing that we've done that with assessment training and science yeah. of learning now we know how to uh, do cpd that that helps people to helps teachers to engage with these really challenging ideas and to embed them into their practice which is a really hard thing to do but i think we've, we've got a good track record there so here's another yeah. uh, way of doing that kind of thing and so again, I would say, so this idea that that really structuring the experience again is something I probably hadn't thought about right at the beginning. I thought, well, we'll create these tools, we'll sort of pass them over and say, off you go. Yeah. And um, quite rightly, other people wiser than me have pointed out that you need to do a bit more than just hand over, a, uh, yes, a set of powerful tools, but without a bit of structure and a bit of support and guidance about how, yeah. how to make best use of them most people are quite unlikely to really find that a, a very useful yeah. thing. And I'm glad you've talked about that sort of now the focus being more sort of, I guess, collaborative within a school, because you've talked about, I think, in the evidence review um, systems with with trust, but with with feedback can yeah. become self-improving. And that's yeah. effectively what this is about, isn't it? And although, you know, the the um, the teachers information and their findings is, is anonymous and, you know, it is for them. Um, where there is trust and agreement and people willing to share, we can start to find out, you know, because great teaching happens every day in every classroom throughout yeah. the land, throughout the world. So there is going to be pockets of really great practice and great teaching um, in some classrooms and different kinds in others. And if we can start to piece those things together, you know, <clears throat> just help each other out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I think that's right. I think the feedback element of it is is really, really important that you're getting um, richer and more useful and more trustworthy feedback about how well you're doing very specific things. Mm. Um, and that will throw up some stuff like, you know, who's really good at this? Um, yeah. And I think people will be quite surprised actually to find that some of their colleagues are just you know wonderfully skilled and and yeah. uh, expert in particular aspects of practice that they yeah. maybe hadn't thought maybe yeah. they'll be surprised to find that about themselves 
they may also be surprised the other way. They may think, oh, I, I thought I was better than that. Uh, and obviously that's a that's a hard message to hear for most yeah. of us. We like to be told we're we're good at stuff. Yeah. So, uh, but on the other hand, if if what you want to do is to improve, and you know, for me, that's that's the definition of a a great teacher. Yeah. It's not doesn't matter how good you are today. Actually, genuinely, doesn't matter how good you are today. A great teacher is one who wants to be better, and yeah. not just wants to be better, but is willing to put in the work to to be better, to be demonstrably better. So they yeah. they can actually point to evidence of that. And over a, a long time scale, so not to be better next lesson or next week, but to be better next year in a sustainable and, and steady way that over time yeah. builds up to a, a trajectory that is really good. And this is, you know, I'll, I'll, just to go back to kind of the, um, the, the, the beginning of the story, you know, teaching has the single um, biggest impact on students learning so this is what it's all about isn't it you know it's it's how it's not about performance management it's not about any yeah, of those things yeah. it's about how can we give the best uh, teaching and learning experience to our students so that they have the best you know chances in life yeah. it's through the quality of teaching how are we going to do that well we need to know more about it we need to better just definition in there in terms of what it is what it looks like and then where are we at in terms of yeah. um, you know working towards those particular goals and things like yeah that. that's what it's about absolutely yeah and you know people will say this that it's the quality of everyday teaching that that's the most important thing um but really to believe that i think is quite hard and one of the reasons i think is because it isn't very visible yeah so if you've got parents unhappy about some uh, you know um, uniform policy or, or homework or you know some other thing that's very in your face if you're a school leader. They'll be knocking at the door, phoning you up, complaining. Um, you can't ignore that. It's not. Um, it's very visible. It's very. This has to be dealt with now. Um, you know, if you've got um, all sorts of uh, issues about the, you know, the building, or you know, if there's water coming through the roof, those kinds of things. Those have got to be dealt with. They're not. You can't ignore them either. So it's very easy for your priorities, I think, to focus on those those sort of squeaky wheels, if you like. Yeah. And, and therefore not to prioritise in the same way what is actually far and away the most important thing, which is the quality of those teaching and learning interactions yeah. that every single teacher is doing in every lesson, every day, the relationships with the children and so on. Uh, because if those are terrible, actually, they're quite easy to ignore. And if they're fabulous, they're also quite easy to ignore or possible to ignore. Yeah. So um one of the one of the things i think this this may help to do is to really put a focus on those things because it makes them more visible it makes them more obvious whether they're good or bad uh, puts them in the front of people's attention so that they know i mean other things do matter you know it does matter if you if the water's coming through the roof and the parents are not happy and so on but as a strategic priority the difference that those things make if if what we care about is children and young people learning and and yeah. getting attainment uh, you know learning the important stuff that's in the curriculum that opens opportunities for the rest of their lives in a, in a whole range of ways so that is the most important thing and the things that influence that are most or the the single thing that dwarfs everything else is about the the skill of the teacher if you like the yeah. the quality of what they do in the class it mostly is about skill i think you know again some of the narratives about how we improve schools, they're all about, you know, giving people incentives or accountability or um, 
in various ways trying to get people to change behaviors um, and there's something there's some value in that you can change people's behaviors a bit but if we think about this much more in terms of the reason um, teachers aren't better than they are mostly is because they don't have the skills and the expertise and the knowledge that that if they did have they could be even better than they are yeah. so we need to think about well how do we help them to learn those skills and you know learning is fun most people quite like to do it so it's not a I don't think people have to be whipped into line to do it I think once they're shown a route they'll mostly yeah. be quite happy and, and feedback as you've said in the review is incredibly powerful you know you, you, you get feedback and if you see some success in terms of your progress towards a goal that's incredibly motivating yeah and you know that's that's a great thing to have if you're willing yes. to, to sort of be open to that feedback yes that that's definitely the hope I think in general that is motivating if you think about other areas of well sport for example yeah you know when you play a football match you get feedback if you lose it's not as good as if you win um, and that doesn't put off, you know, kids play football and, and grown-ups too, even, you know, the, the fact that you're getting that feedback and it isn't always the feedback you want yeah. doesn't stop people wanting to do it. They still want to do it and they want to get better at it. Yeah. And when they do get better, uh, then, it, as you say, it's it's very affirming, it's very very motivating. Yeah. So we, we're yet to see whether that will be the case here. Yeah. I mean, and you get feedback in that and that metaphor, or uh, you get feedback in lots of different ways, don't you? You know, fitness, you know, yeah. improvement there is important, an important component of that. Scoring more goals is yeah. some element of feedback. Um, not conceding as many goals, yes. as, and there's, exactly. but there's just so many things involved. You know, how many accurate passes or whatever analogies we might use. Yeah, it's it's similar, isn't it? In that you know, there's lots of it component is. parts here. Yeah. I think there's some a lot of um, analogies there and the thing is if you're um if you're a really skilled coach in a sport like that then um you don't really need the tools that tell you uh, your team only had 30 percent of possession and the other team had 70 percent because you can watch the match you can see that that's the expertise of the coach mm. if you're not as an experienced coach then actually getting that quite uh, specific uh, quite actually diagnostic or potentially diagnostic feedback might help you more and that again is part of the the rationale here that you know for really expert coaches who are helping teachers to improve they probably don't need so much of this this um this this rich information about the different elements of practice because yeah. they can see that and they can work out what's going on and they also know well so we we didn't manage to keep as much possession as we should what's the re you know maybe it's about the passing so we need to do some passing drills and practice that thing so the expert coach can can do that in exactly the same way the expert teacher does in the classroom you know this child yeah. doesn't um is getting their subtraction mixed up uh what's going on there why are they getting it mixed up what's going to be helpful for them right here's an exercise they could do yeah. some more examples if they if they do those and get them right they'll have got it and teachers do that every day they say here's the problem here's why i think the problem's happening here's what you can do and they give children activities and they do those but um, one of the challenges I think we have in schools is that the that kind of expertise, the expert coach role, if you like, for teachers, uh, there are expert coaches there. There are there are some great practitioners who are really good at, at sharing their practice and helping other colleagues to develop. But they're always going to be in short supply. 
And um, yeah. there's, a, there's another twist again in the school context, which is that not only are they in short supply, but they're quite likely, I think, to be some of our best teachers as well. So if we take them out of the classroom yeah. to do this, this coaching and professional support role, which yeah. may be the right thing to do, but we are then paying a price because uh, the children and young people are not getting the benefits of having those really skilled teachers teaching yeah. them, which, you know, is such an important role. Yeah. Okay, and that kind of uh, brings us on to another component of the, the the toolkit that we've developed. So you've mentioned that we have gained quite a bit of experience now in developing courses. Uh, so the assessment lead program, assessment essentials for teachers, um, and the science of learning again for middle and senior leaders. Um, we've had lots of good feedback from those courses. We focused a lot on the implementation of the things that you learn in those courses. And so we are introducing, we are developing more courses for teachers and leaders that are um, linked to the dimensions and specific elements within the evidence review and the model for great teaching. Yep. So um, things like an understanding of the science of learning. Um, and we've been working with Tom Bennett, who's creating courses for leaders and teachers on uh, the dimension, creating a supportive environment, maximizing the opportunity to learn, uh, yeah. behavior as part of that we've got courses i think as well on questioning interacting explaining structuring so all of these courses for teachers and for leaders are linking back to the great teaching evidence review and the findings of the yeah. research and these dimensions and the elements of great teaching yeah so so one of the i would say the sort of meta ideas if you like behind all this is that um, if we if we think about improving teaching practice, classroom practice as being mainly about teachers learning, which I think it really is, then um, a, a sort of insight falls into place, which is that we actually know how to support people's learning quite a lot because that's exactly what this great teaching toolkit evidence review is about. It's about what what are the things that teachers do to support children's learning or pupils learning and so exactly those same things need to be in place to support teachers learning. And I think that's yeah. just a, a useful tool to think about or a lens to think about uh, when we think about CPD. Think about, well, if if I was using this kind of approach with um, trying to help students to learn hard ideas, would it work? And one of the things that we'd say in the in the context of classrooms where we're teaching children is, yeah, if you want them to understand a hard idea, you need to explain, you need to frame that idea and you need to present it. You need to do that in a structured scaffolding way. So you start out with simple examples yeah. and they gradually become more complex. You don't um, leave them to sort of read it for themselves, mostly. Um, you don't just sort of hand over the assessments and say off you go. So that's got to be the same for how we help teachers yeah. to learn these things. We need to give them that that content, if you like. We need to feed them the ideas in a structured way, interactively. Yeah. Uh, and as you say, that's something we know how to do. So it's an obvious thing to build in the, the content, if you like, into the whole program. So you're saying we can't train teachers by delivering content through one days of training um, via PowerPoint? <clears throat> one off days where a guru does an inspiring talk. Uh, no, sadly, I don't think that works very well. No, they serve a purpose, though, certainly for maybe launching or activating something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they do. I mean, I, you know, and I, I do that kind of thing. I'll, I'll go into schools and give a talk, you know, in the days when we could and hopefully we'll be able to again. Um, 
And, and I do think, yes, they, they give a common sense of purpose, a common uh, understanding about some ideas. I think listening to experts talk about things and, and having ideas challenged and, mm. uh, you know, reading stuff, I do think that's great. You know, it, it's definitely part of what teachers should be doing. Yeah. Having those discussions with colleagues about what, you know, what does retrieval practice mean and how does it work in my context? That That yeah. kind of thing is fabulous. I'm all for that. But it's not enough. You know, you couldn't learn to be if we go back to the, the football analogy, you know, you can't become a great footballer just by watching other people play. Mm. Otherwise, you know, we'd all be um, fantastic, wouldn't we? And, and that, that doesn't do it. You have to actually get up off your couch and, and have a go at it and have a go at it in a quite structured way as well. It's not just kicking a ball around, although, you know, that will get you so far. Yeah. Um, so yeah, th so just reading about things and, and watching other people do it and thinking about it, important though that is, it's definitely not enough to yeah. build the kinds of skills that we need to. Yeah, I've, I've having done a level one coaches course for football, actually I've, I've really enjoyed the kind of similarities of, of kind of techniques yeah. and what, what you do to get encourage people to get better okay um so i think we'll we'll draw it to a close there that's been a really interesting update i think on what's happened since the great teaching toolkit evidence review was released and we are now hoping to um release in the in the autumn term 2021 22 a toolkit that includes um these instruments and courses for teachers um to use so yeah um yeah better yeah. crack on then exciting times yeah i mean it, what what will what we can provide now is not the whole of it there's plenty more that's in development um but i i do think there's enough there now that what we've got is valuable and, and worth putting out and that people will be able to use and, and get real benefit from so that's you know yeah. it's not finished but it's it's enough to be going on with and it's not a thing you use once either, is it? You know, this is no. something that you use continually. So, you know, it's only going to get bigger and better the more it's used as well. Yes, once you're in, then more more functionality arrives and, and sort of better optimization arrives. And, uh, you know, the, the thing will definitely, you know, build on that as it goes and improve. Yeah. OK, thanks very much, Rob. Thank you.